Hello and welcome to the Music Works podcast. In this episode, we have the pleasure of welcoming the Scottish Egyptian instrumentalists and composers, the Ayub Sisters. These multi-award winning sisters, Sarah and Laura Ayub, were proud recipients of the Arab Women of the Year Award in 2019. With an international YouTube following of over 100,000 subscribers, they are recognised for uniting different musical genres through their unique compositional style. Join us to hear more about their brand new album, Arabesque, a homage to the music from the Arab world, and to gain insights into the creative and logistical process from behind this ambitious project. Before we join Laura and Sarah in the Music Works studio, here is an advert from our sponsor. Music Works is sponsored by the Musicians' Union. I'm a member of the Musicians' Union. It's the trade union for musicians living and or working in the UK, and it's a community of 32,000 members working to protect musicians' rights and campaigning for a fairer industry. As well as campaigning to fix streaming and keep musicians working in the EU post-Brexit, the union collectively bargains for musicians working in orchestras and theatres and sets minimum recommended rates for freelance musicians working in other sectors. Its expert staff provide contract advice, legal advice and assistance, and a range of benefits and services to help musicians in every aspect of their work. Be part of something bigger and get the recognition you deserve. Join now at the mu.org. Welcome, Laura and Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Oh. Thanks for having us. Great. So today we have Laura and Sarah Ayub, the Ayub sisters, um, who are here to talk about their new album. Um, so please do tell us about yourselves and your work. Sure. So we are the Ayub sisters. We are actual real life sisters, which, believe it or not, is one of the most frequent questions we get asked. Is that really a cool stage name? Or are you really related? So we really are sisters. We um, originally come from Egypt. Both of our parents were born and raised in Cairo, but we ourselves were actually born and raised in Scotland. So we have these two very predominant uh, cultures within us and um, we're both musicians. We play kind of multiple instruments between us, but predominantly I play the violin, Sarah plays cello. We both play piano and we write our own music and arrange um, for orchestra. So that's kind of um, been the bulk of the Ayub sisters for the last kind of six years has been performing together writing together, composing together, releasing music. Um, and the most recent project has been our brand new album inspired by music from the Arab world. And it's called Arabesque. Lovely. And Sarah, would you like to tell us more about the album? So this album was, I say this to Laura, it was about 18 months of time from the moment of inspiration to actual execution. It took such a long time and um, it felt like the right time actually to pay homage to our Egyptian uh, background. And um, it was the first time that we kind of do all this independently as well. So we, we had this vision of having a string orchestra and having special guests and kind of rewriting these folk melodies that we'd grown up listening to when we were kids, visiting Cairo and, you know, the music our parents and our, our grandparents would listen to. And we kind of came up with this concept of let's kind of bring these really old folk melodies like to the kind of modern day sound with an orchestra and, and, and kind of open the door 
to to maybe classical listeners who wouldn't listen to these Arabic songs, and also to to an Arabic audience who wouldn't listen to a Western kind of classical orchestra. And that was kind of how the idea come about. Yeah, fantastic! It's very effective as well for anyone who hasn't listened to the album yet. Um, which uh, at the point of recording this it's just out this week so it's a very exciting time to be talking to you and um by the time this out, uh, episode is released it will have been out for a few weeks um but yeah the uh, the kind of soaring string um impact combined with those arab folk tunes is incredibly beautiful and uh, so congratulations on bringing those things to, those two things together so well um thank you so, <laughs> so tell us about uh what where would you like to go next uh, i'm curious to know about your process of, of getting all of the other people involved together and how you actually made the album i'd also love to talk about the responses you've had to it sure the, i mean the recording process was there's there's lots to say about it it was um challenging to say the least because it was still recorded during the pandemic it wasn't the peak of the the worst of it but it equally was not without its challenges with zero restrictions it was somewhere in that kind of icky stage in the middle where orchestras were still required to socially distance so normal capacity studios were halved so we needed to find somewhere extremely large to fit just a small number of people safely and um the the kind of unique um, pleasure actually with this one is that we we booked the whole orchestra ourselves we didn't go to a named orchestra we we filled an orchestra through friends and colleagues of ours that we've loved working with over the years so it was literally a room full of people that we really loved all playing music that we would be kind of conceptualizing over over the past few months so it was like oh, just such an enjoyable very different experience because with album one we walked into the RPO in Abbey Road and we were absolutely terrified as you would be as two young 20 year olds who were recording their first album with an extremely prestigious orchestra and um, this the sound is not compromised so you listen to the string orchestra they're absolutely incredible but just the feeling of these are people and looking at while you're playing to the room like there's someone I went to school with there's someone I, w I went to college with there's a friend I haven't seen in years this is someone that I've been working with recently who we've had a really nice bond like it was just a lot of positive energy which makes such a difference actually um that was the orchestra and then obviously if you listen to the album there's guitar on there there's eastern percussion there's drum kit there's a trumpet there's a clarinet there's a singer there's a canoon there's there's so many um other kind of special guests that are equally either really good friends of ours that we admire how they work and how they play or people that we've admired from from a distance that we've reached out to and asked to contribute to the album and they've agreed so sometimes actually a, a lot of the musicians we haven't even met them in real life we've just communicated online and and they recorded from wherever they were living somebody recorded from america someone from spain so it was a very different process but i i really enjoyed it and i think sarah would probably say the same totally right. it was yeah. like a, a labor of love and it took its time and we had to wear many many different hats from the from the arranging and writing to the logistical planning of can we fit this many people in this room if there's a meter apart and if someone's recording in Spain on Tuesday will we have the parts for our session on Thursday and it was just such a steep learning curve but I think every step of the way it was such an enjoyable experience for both of us 
Yeah, sounds like a real, um, very strong mix of the administrative and organisational with the artistic. Um, and such a, what an incredible thing as well. I remember that, that icky period, as you put it, in the in the midst of not the worst COVID restrictions, but when people are trying to do things as sort of, as, sort of as normal, but then it's not normal at all to have that room full of collaborators you speak about with such warmth. That sounds just incredible. Mm-hmm. How lovely. Um, and so how is the album release going so far in the first week? <laughs> it's going well as we are recording. We just hit number one on iTunes in the classical charts. Congratulations! So that's really exciting. That might have changed by the time this airs, but as of right now, we're really delighted um, and totally unexpected because, um, like Sarah said, this is an independent endeavour for us, so we really didn't know how far we'd managed to to get it out and and the fact that it's um it's being so uh, well received is is like just we're just delighted because you know when you work so hard on something and you get so close to it like the the final bit is people hearing it and that's the bit that keeps you going through all of the various stages like at some point people are going to hear this and it's going to be worth it so the fact that that stage is now is um is really great so we are delighted congratulations that's fantastic news thank you wonderful and how about you sarah i think what's amazing is to hear the really kind words coming from both both the the easterners and the westerners so obviously our our arabic following they love these folk songs they know these folk songs and they're kind of the the initially the initial bond is already there but with this album i felt it was a little bit of a leap of faith with our Western followers who we built up for, for years and years and years and they're used to that kind of classical crossover sound but not that Arabic flavour and to hear the lovely praise coming from them is like wow this music is really universal and speaks to everyone and I think that's kind of given me a bit of relief because I wasn't sure how this album was going to be taken and when we kind of talked about doing a whole body of work dedicated to Arabic music I said what about our our audience are we not going to alienate 80 percent of them um but they've totally kind of loved it and taken ownership of it and they're kind of sending it to their friends and things and maybe inspiring a trip to the middle east so no it's we're so delighted with the outcome and how people have kind of received it oh that's just wonderful to hear it's it's so great when you hear a um a kind of merging of cultures having that impact um that's wonderful so this is your first um, kind of album that's been this, you, you mentioned earlier in the interview, uh, this, this merging of your Arabic heritage and, and your, your classical um, tradition. Would you say you've been firmly on the classical side up until this point in terms of your artistic output? I, I wouldn't say firmly on the core classical sides, because actually that's probably the one thing that early on in the Ayub Sisters' journey, we decided this is possibly not for us like I remember we played to an agent once and we played a mix of things they were all kind of stuff that we'd arranged and come up with as a duo and at the end of that meeting that we were all like are they going to be our agents they turned around and said so Brahms double and we were like no you've missed the point like that's exactly what we've figured out that we're not suited for or like we I mean I think it would be really satisfying actually one day to play but that's not necessarily where our unique skill set is at its at its best there's people that will play Brahms double 
a hundred times better than we ever could but that person can't necessarily write and conceptualize and arrange and take inspiration from different cultures and, and like that that's where kind of our strong suit is so obviously our years and years of training has been classical and that is the foundation of mm. everything we have built but um if you listen to album one or really to anything that we've put out over the last five years it, it would never fall under the core classical umbrella because we don't feel like we're necessarily adding an, a new layer of creativity to something that's already been written so everything's been rewritten or mm. reinterpreted or taking different genres so there was some classical repertoire on our first album um but nothing that was written already in that in that way so there was a piece by Shostakovich that was written for two violins and piano we loved the melody thought it was absolutely stunning we were like okay it's written for piano let's orchestrate it it's written for two violins let's write a cello part instead and so there was a few examples of that um but I think core classical heads would not be happy if we're in the core classical category and likewise I think it wouldn't uh, so it's not probably fair to put us in there it's not your it's not your um your core reason for for making music is it that's um, the best way to put it yeah what would it what could that agent have said then that would have would, would have made you go yes perfect um if they gave us uh, said a night with the Ive sisters and you've got an orchestra play what you like we do a mix a mix of things that nobody would have ever heard in that formation before songs like we wrote Uptown Funk for symphony orchestra that turned into a big band extravaganza with a piano and a violin and a cello and a trumpet solo and an upright bass. Like that's that's what we do. That's what we buzz off of. Not necessarily I'm going to play this piece of music that somebody else wrote from beginning to end, being so um, pernickety and making sure that every single accent and dynamic and bowing and marking is exactly due to the score. Like that is some people live for that. And for years we did because that was what we did week in, week out for our, our instrumental lessons. But I think the more we grew up and the more we started to experiment, we were like, I don't find that very creative, but I find this very creative. Um, mm. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so what is coming up next for you guys? Having, you know, released this, this small feat of this, <laughs> this album that's been 18 months going, do you have feature plans? Absolutely. We've got plans to take it on the road. So we've got a few concerts kind of scattered in the autumn. Um, we're delighted to be opening for Alexis French um, in October at the Barbican and the Helix. And we are currently in the planning stage. We're always in the planning stage for something. Um, <laughs> but this is for taking Arabesque on tour, hopefully next year. Um, not as written, not with the full orchestra and all the extravaganza with it, but we're going to scale it down to a quartet um, so that we can actually logistically move up and down the country. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, we're very excited about taking the music and giving it to a, a live audience finally. Mm, absolutely. So will that be a string quartet? No, no, that was. I was just gonna say that. Because yeah. When you say quartet. I was like, I bet you think we're we ministering quartet. No, actually, our, our our two other instrumentalists are guitar and percussion, which gives like yeah such a like a supportive and like quite true to the sound of the of the album without it necessarily involving um the larger forces. Um, and we've quite played quite a lot with this Arabic quartet. Kind of, we've had some concerts in the UK. We've even taken them to Cairo. Um, but this would be the first time that we tour 
with them. Um, so that will be a lot of fun. That's so exciting. Brilliant. Great. And so um, tell me where people can find your music and find out where you're playing. So our our new album and, and all music that we've released are, are on your um, generic streaming site. So wherever you listen to music, it's there. Also, if you would like to own a physical signed CD of Arabesque, we do have a handful of them um, on the shop page of our website, which is just theibesisters.com. Um, and we also have some really fun videos that we've um, spent a lot of time and effort making um, on our YouTube channel, including one that was uh, shot in the middle of the desert and in downtown Cairo, um, which is uh, the most adventurous video we've ever made. <laughs> um, but I think also the most impactful, and it was actually for, for the first single we released called El Helwadi, and that's on YouTube if you want to check that out as well. Yeah, I, I watched that video uh, this morning, actually, preparing for this interview and uh, was absolutely astounded. It is so <laughs> visually beautiful and looks like... Just the sort of thinking of the uh, the um, logistics involved. Of, yeah, uh, that's basically recording under those circumstances in the desert, and then in the there's this amazing scene as well of you playing in what I, I now know is, is downtown Cairo. I assume that the where it sort of looks like it has a busking feel about it with um, people watching, and yeah, it's an incredibly beautiful video. Yeah, it was um, a logistical nightmare, but also like such a joy at the same time and it was it was as if like if you put a vision board together of like where where would be the most epic places to film a video and you just put a random like the top of a mountain in the middle of the the, the magic lake in the middle of the street and in, in a very busy road in Cairo and and that was literally a fancy of ours in the middle of the most crowded market in the whole city which we used to go as as children surrounded by all the lanterns boom all of these were actually hit um and it was just like just one of those experiences we we will never forget the, the making of that video was just <laughs> oh, I unbelievable just think, i just think that the warmth of that and the the way that you feel about those places and that you've chosen them and the music as well and the the people involved all of that just comes across so beautifully in your in your recordings and in your videos just uh, to hear you talk about it just enhances what's already there Oh, thank you. It's so it's it's as close to home as as a project will will ever get. I think, and that's that's why we put so much love into it. Is because it's literally like it's an extension of of us, um, what we've what we've made. So, um, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, congratulations on making that happen. It's not easy. <laughs> thank you. Actually, I have one more question. Thinking of um, people listening to this who. Um, might perhaps be inspired by hearing you talk so um, eloquently about finding your own place within the classical music industry as it were the crossover industry and the um, representing your um, cultural influences so strongly um, do you have any sort of like words of advice or encouragement for people who might want to achieve something similar from their own in their own output well that's such a good question because I wish someone had given us this advice when we were much younger because it takes a lot of time and years to figure out where you lie in this very crazy, busy, exciting, fast-paced industry. And I find that when you're younger or when you're in music college and you're surrounded by so many people doing the same thing, practicing the same caprices or practicing the same pieces, that it's you often kind of go into your shell of 
I'm just like everybody else. But I believe that everyone does have their individual kind of creativity, their own calling, and it takes time to find it. And I think the best piece of advice that I heard was don't compare yourself to someone else and be your own leader. And it will figure itself out. It will. It might take one year. It might take one album. It might take six years. Um, I genuinely believe that, like Laura and I are now exactly where we're supposed to be with this body of work. But it wasn't obvious, and it took time, and it took trial, and not error, but experimenting. Um, and I think if you're just open to that concept of creativity and just open your, your heart and mind and listen, go to concerts, dabble, explore, and don't feel constrained um, necessarily by the classical kind of etiquette. Because I think when you feel like you're breaking away from that, it feels like you're becoming a rebel or you're, you're kind of going against the four years of study and fees and competitions and concerts and exams, but it's not that at all. It's all part of the foundation and the learning to get you to this point, to enable you to then kind of break free and do exactly what you want to do so I'm not sure if that's advice but that's kind of our process and what's kind of led us to this point and there's so much creativity out there and it's just yeah everyone rising to their to what they're capable of fantastic thank you so much great it's been wonderful to speak to you bro thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having us thank you thank you